Hi there, everybody. Ed asked me to chime in and let you know about me. My name is Dan, and I am weird. But I don't see weird as a bad thing. Weirdish means people marching to the beat of a different drum, not fitting into that hole that society wants to shove you into. On my show, The Power of Weird, I'm talking to people like me. The weirder, the better. So when you're done listening to this great episode of the Dead America Podcast, come on over to thepowerofweird.com and start the descent into your weirdom. And remember, be the weird you want to see in the world. I'll see you next time on The Power of Weird. Data apart from the power that it gives businesses. Um, and what's interesting about it is, you know, this is the world we live in. This, this kind of intelligence, this business intelligence, this intent-based contact-level intelligence, I believe is going to define the next decade of advertising. To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. Today we have Tyler Kemp with us. He is the CEO of Lead Roll. He is also the chairman of the board of IntentFlow. Tyler, could you please introduce yourself and let people know just a little bit about you? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Uh, super happy to have um, nice to be on the show with you, Ed. Um, I run in TempFlow along with LeadRoll. Yes, I mean, uh, I guess the simplest way to put it is that um, I've helped build multiple million, multi-million-dollar companies. I've uh, got clients in all the way from Fortune 500 all the way down to. Um, mid-market businesses, and really what we do is supply in-market business intelligence. So um, I can tell businesses the exact contact level identity of people searching for just about anything online, which is an interesting subject in itself um, and also a very powerful tool for businesses that, that need to know who's on their website by name. Who's looking up my competitors by name? Um, and we've done this for hundreds of companies. We've got clients like Zoom Video. TikTok is a client. Um, we've got, uh, um, you know, right this moment, our pixel is firing for companies like ClickFunnels um, and resolving identities. And we do it at a purely pay-for-performance basis. So when we resolve identities, uh, someone pays us literally a dollar or two, and if we don't resolve identities, they don't pay, and that's simply how it works. And so, um, yeah, that's my background is all sales, sales demand gen. It's in um, 
helping companies accelerate their growth. Um, and the net result of, of uh, what we do over at IntentFlow is typically a 75% reduction in cost per acquisition and a dramatic decrease in cost per lead, um, typically somewhere to the tune of 97% reduction. Um, and net-net at lead role, we are actually practitioners of data, meaning that we know how to use data. And I didn't start as a as a, someone who's just a super tech nerd about data. That's not me. I started as a as a true practitioner of data, someone who know who's spent tens of millions of dollars on bad data, on bad leads, on performance advertising, and have wasted a lot of money too. But uh, we really fixed a lot of those problems. Okay, so I've noticed you've got a few systems to do that with, but I also noticed that you are a data king. This is something that a lot of people don't like to get into, mining the aggregate of data. You do it very well, and I'll tell you, it blows my mind what I've learned just searching Tyler Kemp. Um, can we get into what got you into liking data so much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, does anyone really like data? I, I don't know. I think, I think those who use data see it. It's a necessary evil. It's hard to use. You know, data, I'm going to use a very American analogy here, okay? Data is like a bullet. You've got amazing data. It's like a platinum bullet, but people still need to have the gun to fire it. And of course, if you've got a marksman behind the gun, then even better. And so there's two sides to data. One is getting it and getting the right information at the right time in the right formats. And then the other is using it, right? And so I didn't, I don't, I don't particularly like data apart from the power that it gives businesses. Um, and what's interesting about it is, you know, this is the world we live in. This, this kind of intelligence, this business intelligence, this intent-based contact level intelligence, I believe is going to define the next decade of advertising, um, particularly with what is happening in terms of privacy laws, in terms of privacy changes in platforms, how uh, what I consider to be a consolidation of power more than privacy changes myself. And I've, I've been on podcasts with other hosts who actually disagree with me on that. I was on a podcast with uh, uh, the Harmon brothers, and they it's actually interesting. They uh, you know, genuinely believe that Google was just listening to their people and trying to uh, enforce better privacy for the good of all. And, and I just don't have such a benevolent view of um, these monster corporations. I, I don't, I, you know, it's uh, my personal opinion is that uh, removing advertisers' ability to advertise does not protect people's privacy um, when they've already made their information public. If the information yeah. is out there. It's already out there. It's just about, is only the large corporations, are, are they going to be the only ones able to use this information? Or 
will your mid-market company who's generating a couple million be able to use this information uh, to grow? Those are the ones who are hurting from these changes to Google's third-party pixel update and iOS 14, but none of that is affected by what we do. And when we empower these businesses, it actually gives them what they need to get past those limitations. It's a long-winded way of answering your question. <laughs> no, that's good, Tyler. So how do you harvest the data and how do you implement the changes needed once you analyze the data? Well, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a complicated question. But there's three ways that we acquire data. And, and by the way, let me give some, some context to the listener today about you know, where does intent flow sit in terms of uh, the competitive landscape, right? Because you've got companies like Bombora or Clickagy who might say, who, I mean, they deal in intent. Zoom Info bought Clickagy, Sales Intel bought Bombora. And, and what these companies do is they, at best, resolve a company identity by taking, a, if someone visits a blog that's in their network of blogs, they'll track their IP address. If they happen to be working at a company, that can be found on the map and not working from home, then they'll give them that company name. And someone at Verizon is looking for IT consulting. Like, it, it doesn't really help you uh, in the way that you need to be helped. And we, most people know who ZoomInfo is. We, we actually love ZoomInfo. They, they fill a very strong need uh, in the marketplace, uh, kind of expensive for some people, but those you know, who know how to use it can use it well. Um, so I consider us friends, but, but we fill a different need than them. And, and actually, they boast 150 million contact records. and We actually have closer to 270 million contact records in the United States. We process 100 times more data than they do in a day. I actually have behaviors on 73% of all Internet traffic in the United States. Okay? It's hard to wrap your head around the immensity of this. Track more than 5.5 billion website identity requests in a month and more than 5 million behaviors a second. Um, and so where do we get all this information? Well, there's actually two different places. There's two sides to this coin. One side of the coin is called a data lake. So it's, it's, you've got to have a known contact, meaning that somewhere, some way, I have to accumulate this large amount of, of data. And the way that we've done it is we have either purchased the data legally, or we have scraped public information, or we have partnered for the data. And a lot of our data is partnered for um, with Fortune 500, Fortune 100, these large institutions across the board feeding us data. Okay, in real time and validating the data in real time as well as uh, outreach happens to just at, at a scale that would blow your mind. Um, and the other side of this is an identity graph that has been developed over 20 years that when, when applied to the data lake, the identity graph gives me the ability to know, again, a unique identifier of somebody who is looking for something online. And when we pair that identity to the data lake, that is where we deliver uh, a complete robust profile to our clients. So when we have both 
That is the only way that a company can do this. And by the way, it is completely cookie-less. So it does not, that is not affected by third-party pixels. It is not affected by privacy law. It is not limited by the iOS 14 update. None of that. And at the end of the day, someone right now could go and let's just say you were a voice over IP company and you wanted to compete with the likes of Ring Central, which by the way, uh, you know, we're actively in discussion with. If you want to compete on that click, you've got to pay $17 according to SEM Rush, just for a click, let alone your conversion on that to a lead is, you know, maybe, maybe 10%, usually sub 1%. So, Instead of paying $17 for a click times however many you need to get a, a, a lead, someone pays me $1 to $2 for that same person, and you have an exact identity. Now, that is the difference when you have in-market business intelligence. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So do you do this just on LinkedIn, or do you scrub the whole Internet for your data? Oh, it's not on LinkedIn, not not really at all. Um, this is, I mean, LinkedIn LinkedIn provides a lot of information. So, yes, we have everything on LinkedIn. I mean, for example, I know every single person in every single Facebook group and every single LinkedIn group and the posts that they make. And this is actually, you know, it's interesting that, you know, we call it, this is the Dead America podcast because I know that there are, there are, challenges that I personally see. I mean, if we were talking about sort of existential societal challenges um, with the fact that we have decidedly made all of our information that used to be private public, um, and that is a decision that everyone corporately made as America when they decided to use social media, when they started to use Google for everything that they do. And, um, you know, my literally in my house, I've got Google Wi-Fi and a Google phone. And, to, you know, I have chosen to give that information away every time I fill out a form online. Whenever I want to download a, uh, an ebook or a guide, right, I've given it away. And so that is, that is already done. And that's, that is why these large corporations have information on absolutely everyone and why we have information on absolutely everyone because they've given it away. Which it, it, it actually pains me. Like I, because part of me is like, well, shoot, that's, that, it hurts to know sometimes that my data is not, is not actually private anymore. When I come to the realization of that and say, okay, I accept that because I have in fact done that. I have filled out forms online, given my email away for free to these companies who then um, do whatever they do with it. Now the question simply becomes, how can I help people with this information? How can we use the data that exists for good in the lives of people, in the lives of advertisers, in the lives of these companies who have two options? You're either going to get swallowed up by these large monster corporations because they have your data already, and they have all the power to advertise. Meanwhile, every little bit of power you have had is being sucked away from you as a smaller company. Or our mission is to democratize this information and put it in the hands of 
not just the conglomerate of top 50 companies, but put it in the hands of, of your everyday business and empower Americans. And by the way, this is, this is only U.S.-based data. So we, we don't deal with GDPR or anything in Europe. I mean, this is purely U.S. companies reaching U.S. buyers. Okay. Um, but obviously, I'm, I'm passionate about this because I want companies to succeed and pay less to acquire a customer and not to be limited by all this nonsense, all the damage that's, that's going on in the marketing industry. I want them to have what they need to make more sales and serve and help more people and connect someone who's looking for what they do to them instead of them just getting gobbled up by the ones with all the money. So that's my position on it. And obviously I've touched on a lot of topics there. I notice there's a lot of confidence in Tyler. Now that comes from someplace that comes from figuring all of this out because this is very complicated for the average person to step in and do something like you do. You tout, yeah, you can do it yourself, but, you know, that that's a very big thing to be able to possess and analyze data like you do. How do you intend to structure your business to make people have better access to this data? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the simplest way to answer that is that we've taken out, we've we've done all the hard work on this. This does not exist anywhere else. It does not exist. And if it does, it's probably one of our partners who is selling what we do and doing whatever they're 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 charging what they want to charge for it. But I mean, above what we're charging them, it does not exist. In fact, I know. I was rubbing shoulders with um, a multi-billionaire the other day who uh, understands this stuff at a very high level. Works, I mean, he's, I won't say who, but one of, he runs one of the Fortune 500 companies. Um, and this guy told us that the entire Fortune 500 has actually kicked the can on trying to solve for this issue because it is that complicated. It is that complicated to solve for a cookie-less solution, and you have to have all this data, and you have to have the identity graph, and no one does. Um, and it is not an easy solution. So it's not something you can just throw money at and solve. Um, it's what makes this really complicated. I mean, it took us 20 years. So plus all the data. I mean, that's that's 20 years just for the identity graph. Getting the data is a whole other side of this. <laughs> So, and doing it in an economical way, um, and of course, making sure it's accurate and all the, the cleansing of data has to happen. So, the business who wants to use the data simply comes to IntentFlow, to, and, we, and we, we help them use it. So, not only do we supply the data, but we also have a very strong customer-focused customer uh, success team that is almost like growth consultants to say, hey, look, here's the people on your website. Here's their names. 
here's their contact information, their email, their phone number, the company they're at, the revenue of that company, the size of the employees of the, the company, their job title. I mean, every relevant detail of that person gets delivered just because they visited a website. You know, we resolve maybe 30 to 50% of the website visitors. And if they're searching up their competitors online or looking up relevant keywords online, we'll find those people too by name. And then we just say, look, if all you did was call the ones with phone numbers, you'd make your money. If all you did was email their email and say, hey, um, like send them some some proof that you are legit and send them uh, a reason, give them a reason to talk to you that you solved the problem they were just looking up online. Um, and the recipient of that email feels like, wow, that's very serendipitous that um, that I received an email about that very thing I just searched the other day. You can be, you can be uh, if they ask, how'd you know? Oh, well, we work with intentflow.com um, is a fine answer. And, uh, or what really matters to that person is, hey, I just looked up voice over IP and now you're reaching out to me trying to sell me voice over IP. It's probably like off Docker as I see when I look up something on the internet, probably something <laughs> like that. Uh, it has just happened to me, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I noticed on one of your uh, videos I watched, you you stated, "Well, I do the data in a non-creepy way." Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, a lot of us out here really wonder, well, how did they find that out? And I understand the cookie aspect, how you track the cookies. But getting into this cookie-less thing really is a mind-boggling thing. And it, it really kind of skirts the legality of all of these cookies, huh? Well, you know, legality when it comes to B2B is very uh, specific. You know, if you have someone's information, however you got it, even if you just scraped the Internet, you can email that person. It's it's not illegal to do that. So there's nothing wrong with with getting someone's contact information and then using it. And even B to C is uh, you know you've got the California I mean CCPA. You've got Shield. You've got these different state regulations about kind of what you can do to for consumers. You've got can spam. See, that's all about how you use the data not where you got the data, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so getting the data is, is where we come into play. And then it's up, the person who is using the data, it's beholden on them to abide by all of the regulations in B2B or B2C. And there's not as much regulation or red tape as you would actually imagine that there is because America tends to believe in free commerce. Right. Um, you know, that's the heart of our of our capitalistic society, at least as it has existed for the last several hundred years, is, great, let's do business together, right? I've got something you need, and the, the more I can be relevant to you um, and, and not just waste your time with, with spam. I mean, spam and, and uh, comes into play when people who who are not relevant mass market their crap to a bunch of people who it's it, it they don't need it 
right? And they don't want it. They don't want to talk to you. But if I could tell you, hey, this person was just searching for that, it's no different from a Google ad, right? Except for that Google ad, you're going to pay Google, who already owns everything else, their their piece of the pie. You're going to pay them their their seventeen dollars for that click, for that five dollars for that click, and when instead you can find that same person, pay just two dollars. Yeah, you know, I really wanted to touch on that spam issue with you because I was noticing during my research you have a unique way to combat getting your email sent to that spam folder. And a yeah. lot of us are not even aware of that. It blew my mind that you could actually decrease your percentage of hitting that spam bucket by doing yeah. some simple things, or not so simple things. but Not so simple, but yes, <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> could you explain that to us a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, to the company that wants to learn about Outbound, we've got uh, leadroll.co has something called the closure system and it's it's kind of the most simplified version of an of an effective outbound strategy um and i'm going to tell you that if you go to lead role um you, we got diagrams of kind of action flows and different things there that you can reference for free on how to do outbound um and there's a lot of complexity there because it's done for you agency right so what you're asking about is how does lead role combat spam and how can people combat spam? Um, well, the, there's, there is a way to do it. I mean, basically, you have to provision what's called a burner domain. If I was, if I was to give some, you know, just what I'll call like some machine gun shot points here that someone can slow this down and take notes if they want to. I mean, you want to combat spam for email provision a secondary domain. So if you've got leadroll dot co, go to provisionleadroll.net, right? Uh, that if you get on a blacklist, you can trash that domain and provision a new one. Don't harm your main domain, right? Just in case. Because you are going to end up in a blacklist at some point. Uh, all cold emails are going to die. It's just about how far can you extend its life before it dies. So um, you need to set up your proper SPF records, your Daymark, your Daykim, behind the scenes. Um, there's tutorials on that online. It's not that, that complicated. You can go to um, mxtoolbox.com. will kind of help you, or DNS Simple can help you. Um, and really, the the key to deliverability is a proper warm-up cycle. And we've we've built a, I mean, I don't know, multi-million-dollar behind-the-scenes infrastructure on this to do what we do at Lead Role to make it simple for ourselves and for our clients. Um, but other people can do it too. There's there's other ways to, to warm up an inbox, and um, the easiest way to do it is to have back and forth conversations. Um, so for every cold email you send, you know you want maybe one in ten cold emails to actually be a, a, an email that gets a response positively. So you can automate that by having back and forth fictitious conversations. Um, as long as you know, we've provisioned something to the tune of 5,000 emails that have identities behind them and have back and forth conversations uh, robotically with our emails so that uh, our cold emails get delivered and we load balance every email. So you know, one client might have three to five different emails that, that – uh, 
has a limit of how many emails they'll send per day. And um, it's a very growth hacky kind of thing to do, even though I'm, I'm not totally for the growth hacky mindset. If I were working with a company who wanted to get into email and I was giving them just data, I don't know if I would start there. I would probably start a layer back and say, just do something. Because right now, there are people on your website and they're, they're gone if they didn't fill out a form. They came, they left, they bought from the competition. So start by knowing who they are and sending emails to the ones you can. Don't worry about all the spam stuff until you get to a certain point where you can have an infrastructure to fight that. Just provision emails, send emails, make phone calls, or better yet, run ads to those people. You can take an email, work with the, literally the lowest cost Facebook agency you can find, and they'll create a custom audience for you out of these emails. And you can just send an ad to the people that we resolve. You want to get more complicated? Fine. Take these emails, have Facebook create a lookalike audience of the in-market people. And your targeting is going to be better than it ever was before because you've never been able to target social ads with intent. And with intent flow, now you can. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's quite interesting, you know, and very complicated. So it can be as complicated as you want it to be. I mean, it, it can get so complicated that you would never take action. If you knew yeah. how complicated it could get, you would do nothing. Yes, and that's the point. <laughs> you know, a lot of people see how complicated and they do nothing, and that's the end of their venture. So hooking up with people like you can actually save them a lot of hair pulling and looking for internal people that might actually end up costing them more in the long run by holding them in-house to generate leads that a closer, like somebody that just does that, can handle what you bring in. Right. Exactly. And, you know, there's different kinds of businesses. Like, so lead role only works for companies that are high ticket. You know, they've got $15,000 or more lifetime value. And, of course, up multiple six figures. I mean, there's no limit on how high it can go. It just can't get lower than $15,000. Um, but IntentFlow can help all of the small ticket brands as well. Hmm. Like, all the companies that that rely on ads – need IntentFlow because or is relying on SEO to drive traffic or even just those companies that rely on referrals alone. <laughs> like, how many of those referrals do you think actually go to the website and fill out a form? Very yeah. small percentage actually do. So the companies who tell me they rely on just referrals basically are telling me they don't have control over their business. That's yeah. the reality. They have no control over their business. So, you know, step one, start gaining control on the revenue that you're already losing every month. Like you're already losing most of your website visitors, and you don't know who they are, and you never will. And if you wait till the next month to do it, they're already gone. You've already lost those people. Now it's just capture the ones who are there this month. And if you wait another month, those people are now gone. 
And then the, the next bucket is all the people looking for what you do that you don't know who they are. Just figure out, I mean, step one, know who they are. Step two, figure out what to do with them once you know who they are. And so once they're, once they're identified, you can get complex and have the, you know, we've got the full closure system over at lead role. And, and you know, that's going to be an expensive way to solve the problem. And for those companies who have a, a reasonably high ticket, it's a great solution. And yet, those companies, I'll say, maybe in the mid-six figures to a million, right? I mean, IntentFlow isn't going to help the person even who is just starting out because you've got to hustle through to the point where you've got enough revenue to, to invest um, to get enough data to actually make it work for you. Um, and if you buy leads from anywhere else, think of it like kind of like a the, the Statue of David, um, you know, where there's a replica in the Louvre and the real things in Italy. Um, you, most lead sellers are trying to basically sell you the mountain that has the uh, marble in it. And it's your job to build the, the mining system that extracts the marble and, and finally get a piece that you can chip down into a statue. And your odds of being successful at that is, uh, well, you'll, you'll be successful if you have enough money to throw at it eventually, right? Get your right. statue. Or you can work like, with a company like Intentflow, and you still have to buy a block of marble. But at least you didn't have to extract it from the mountain. And it's still your job to chip at the marble to get to the statue. The only difference is we get closer to the statue than ever before. Yeah. These leads still don't know you. They don't like you. They don't trust you. So you still got to prove yourself and get to them. And that's a lot of work. And you're going to have a net, you know, there's going to be a net cost on how many leads you have to get before you find one that buys from you. But if they're, if you already know one thing about them, which is that they are in market or that they are at least looking up terms that would indicate to you that they are a good prospect, say looking up your competition or looking up word, keywords around what you do, you know, we're going to deliver yeah, somewhere to the tune of you know minimum really five thousand of those to you a month. You don't you, you you can't use less than that and be really effective. It's not enough marble. You know I can't give you a a small block of marble and and, and have you expect to get the statue of David if I'm holding this little thing in my hand. Yeah, you know, I can't give you a hundred of these leads and, and and you'll be effective. It's just not how it works. You got to have yeah. enough of them. Um. But when you have that, to, the, to those who can afford it at a minimum level, um, then all of a sudden we're we're really giving them the fuel they need to take on the competition in a whole new way. So, what are some of the brands that you work with? I mean, what types of people do you like to work with? Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, look. I mean, we've got. We've got hundreds, man. So, it, it, and it's every shape and size. Like I said, gigantic institutions like Zoom Video and you know, TikTok that are taking the world by the social world by storm, um, all the way down to um, you know your managed service providing company that literally no one knows who you are, but you're still doing some you know, some decent revenue uh, to your e-com company. I mean, who would be really ideal for this? 
is there's really kind of two two sides of this. You either have a lot of website visitors. Let's just call it, you know, if you're a larger company, maybe you've got somewhere between uh, 25,000 to 50,000 visitors a month. Um, your immediate need is to figure out who those people are by name and then go from there, right? Your smaller company that doesn't have a whole lot of website traffic needs to know the names of people searching the other stuff. And, and so that's your smaller smaller deal for us, but also very valuable. And And so what that comes down to is what are you paying for a lead right now? How much are you having to pay to get someone's contact information um, that is actually in market? And usually that can be anywhere from you know, $40 to thousands of dollars. And instead, we're going to give them that same contact for two. You've still got to have a budget. You've still got to you – know, if you're afraid to, to invest figures – into growing your business over the course of a year, you probably can't work with us. You have to be able to invest, right, at, at some level into your marketing infrastructure. And if you're not at that point, then get to that point and then you work with us. To so the company who's got some revenue, um, we can get them to the next level. So companies that are, you know, like I said, really in that um, anywhere from their you know, maybe 500000 a year to, to billions. I mean, we can help them at that point up, right? I mean, it's, uh, we've got clients that are more than $50 billion. I mean, some $7 billion, some, uh, you know, $500 million, some $100 million, some clients that are literally doing 300000 Interesting. So it really runs the gambit, and it depends on someone's mindset and how badly they want to grow. And also, you do this as a ghost, basically. The yes. people don't even realize you're there. You're speaking for the client. Yeah, that's right. And, and um, you know, with the data, which is really what I think everyone needs is, is in, in Temple. That's what people need. And then the, there is a select company who doesn't know how to use it properly, doesn't have their sales team done properly, that's high ticket, that'd be a good fit for lead role. But everyone needs, everyone needs to know who's in market. Not a single company doesn't. You know, I don't care if you're selling shoes. I, we've got a client who sells vacuum parts and using our data makes $9 million a year selling vacuum parts because we tell him who is looking for Parts and vacuums, and then he just retargets the heck out of that data and runs ads to them and goes into the website. That's it. Never talks to a soul. Now, when you do this and you work directly with the company, do you measure these analytics through their console of their website? Uh, well, actually, what we do is they, it's, it couldn't be simpler. They put the intent flow pixel on their website. Oh. And when someone goes to the website, we resolve their identity, and they only pay for performance. So it's literally as simple as that. If um, someone – and the keywords that they have approved, so we will take a set of keywords, and then we'll expand them, and then they approve the uh, variations of the keyword. And if someone visits the keyword, they agree to a certain growth threshold. They'll say, hey, you know, I will – 
Uh, we have a minimum growth threshold, and then there's whatever that person actually wants in terms of prospects, a quantity, and um, you know we will. They pay only when we deliver, and if we don't do what we say we'll do, they they don't they actually don't pay anything at all. We don't deal with their website. I mean, it's just a just a little pixel that goes on there, and and then we deliver their leads in a way that can be integrated to their CRM. Very simply. There is a saying there that. Uh, are you ready to invest in your growth because it's not free? Yep. I, I like that a lot. How can people get a hold of you and get involved with what you're doing? Yeah, simplest way. I mean, look, you can, if you go to intentflow.com slash thesis, there's a, a short instructional video there talking about what we do. Some of our results um, are showcased on that page, um, how we've lowered customer acquisition costs like crazy, how we increased sales conversion rate by an average 300%, all, just a bunch of stats, including our data lake and everything else. So you can find that at intentflow.com uh, or intentflow.com slash thesis. You can always find me on LinkedIn, uh, Tyler Kemp. You'll see a, a little flame symbol, I help with growth. Um, and I'm, I'm always... I'm involved in the sales process myself. Sometimes you'll you'll even get me. I'm in the round robin. So, um, big or small, I believe in, like I said, democratizing this kind of power to um, companies of every shape and size. So, companies that actually book a call. Sometimes you'll 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 get me, and a lot of times you'll get uh, my sales team, and we have a very consultative discussion. We have one question to to answer on those calls, which is, can we help someone? If if we believe the answer is no, we won't sell them anything. If if we really believe the answer is yes, like we can't help them, and we can show that with data and proof and math, then uh, we'll we'll give them a proposal to work together. So uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find us in templo.com or find me on LinkedIn and say hello. Well, I'll tell you, you're a powerful person with a lot of energy and a lot of knowledge. I see you going. To a big place, Tyler. I thank I appreciate you for being that. with us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Appreciate the time, Ed, and uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. And I hope it's been valuable. Um, uh, you heard it here first, you guys. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe. And join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon, wherever you may be.